you would normally during a conversation. But have a mic in front of you. Okay. Yeah. Because if it's... It, it stitches up. Okay. So just sort it out. We're not technical. You should, you should know. We're not savvy enough to... Yeah, you've yeah, done this a million I've times. Done, yeah, I've never done a podcast, I don't think. No, I haven't. I haven't. This is a fresh one. Yes. It's good. Breaking the ground. It is. Fresh territory. Fine. This South Australian government 16 weeks in. Yeah. How are we, Kate? Are we on? Yeah, we're on. Alright, alright. Well, let's get cracking. David Spears. Hello. Minister for the Environment. What's your technical... Are you an MP in South Australia? What's your, what I'm are your letters? David Spears, MP. Okay. Minister for Environment and Water. And Water. Yeah. Water gets its own little sub... It does. I That was my own request. Was when it? the Premier asked me what uh, I wanted my title to be, I requested water because it's so important to it our is. state. It's, it's we fundamental. We are, what, 80% water? Well, we are. Yeah. But the state... Dri- driest state and the driest continent, all that sort of stuff. It's and, true. And... Uh, so I wanted water there. I like that. The portfolio includes SA water, yeah. includes the River Murray, includes reservoirs and things like that. So important it's stuff. It's an important resource. It is. It is. It's in the title. Well, thank you so much for coming to Slick Lobster for thank a Lobcast, an official podcast. Uh, welcome. Uh, I detect a bit of an accent. I'm Scottish. So normally we get just like a bit of a backstory on yep. kind of... Like, what has brought you to where you are now? So maybe just give us a quick snippet on your early years and how it is that a young Scottish lad (laughs) has come to be in the South Australian Parliament as the Environment and Water Minister. Cool. Well, (laughs) I grew up in the southwest coast of Scotland. Uh, Beautiful spot. Beautiful. Uh, Closest city wasn't in Scotland. It was Belfast in Northern Ireland, so about 30 kilometres across the water. Um, mum's from Northern Ireland, uh, dad's from Scotland. Uh, we grew up in a dairy farming family uh, on, the, on the west coast there, uh, in the border country, so about 150 kilometres south of Glasgow, 150 kilometres north of the English border, and then, yeah, as I said, t- 30 kilometres from Ireland. So mm. quite an isolated part of the world, and certainly in relative terms within Scotland, very isolated. Mm. Uh, went to a little primary school, 40 kids, uh, four kids in my year. Yes. Uh, taught by two teachers my whole primary education, Mrs. McNeil and Mr. McCracken. <laughs> uh, and, uh, Classic. Not very Scottish. No, at all. not at all. And um, yes, age 17, at the end of high school, mum and dad moved to South Australia down to Hallett Cove in the great southern suburbs of Adelaide. I didn't want to move here. Yeah. I was dead against it. Everything that I knew about living in Australia was shaped from watching Home and Away and Neighbours. Yes. That's all I knew. <laughs> and uh, so figured that after a couple of years, I'd be written out in a horrific accident here. <laughs> so <laughs> I am, uh, or paralyzed. They always get paralyzed. They do always. Yeah. And oh, then they feel their toes after about nine months or something like that. Got to bring them back in with that miraculous arc. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So I have not, as yet, I've not been paralyzed. <laughs> but uh, Knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so... Um, yeah, I didn't want to move here, but when I got here, after a while, I, I quite liked it. Yeah. Uh, settled down. I feel in many ways I grew up here. Yeah. I uh, went to uni at Adelaide Uni. Yeah. Studied a law degree. Yeah. And um, uh, ended up, after, after I graduated, um, I worked in the Premier's Department as yeah. a as, um, policy advisor, policy officer, apolitical, so not a political role, yeah. uh, under Mike Rann and Jay Witherall. Yeah. Uh, and then... Age 25, I was elected to Marion Council, mm. uh, became deputy mayor a year later. A big At council. 25? Yeah. yeah. That's pretty young. Yeah. yeah. 
it is. It is. And uh, look, I've, I've traded on being young in this job for quite a while. I yeah. know that won't, won't yeah. last forever, but well, I'm always the youngest. Am uh, I allowed to ask how old you are? I'm 33. Okay. So I'm the youngest minister for a long, long time. We yeah. can't find... Um, the record, the Wikipedia won't go back any <laughs> further to tell me. <laughs> yeah. But I'm definitely the youngest minister in recent history in the state. Yeah. Uh, so Deputy Mayor of Marion Council, really focused on environmental stuff. I love our coastline. I represented on the council a section of coastline from uh, Seacliff Park through to Hallett Cove. Uh, that. And then the opportunity came up to, to run for... Uh, the Liberal Party in the 2014 election. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went up against uh, Labour Transport Minister Chloe Fox in mm. a seat called Bright, 17 kilometres of coastline from just south of Glenelg through to Hallett Cove. Uh, and I won that seat mm. in uh, March 2014, went into Parliament. And uh, yeah, I've ended up following the Here recent election as the Minister for Environment and Water. Yeah. So. so, how old were you when you came to Adelaide? 17. And what was the biggest difference, straight up, between rural Scotland and Hallett Cove? Well, what, well do, you, like, what do you remember yeah. as like a... I remember, yeah. uh, people do ask me this, the yeah. first thing that I remember getting off the plane and driving to Glenelg, where we stayed yeah. for the first uh, first little while, were, was the number of trees in the city and the lushness of the city. Yeah. I don't think Adelaideans necessarily think this is a lush city, but really, I was just struck. I kept on thinking, there's trees in the streets and in the gardens. Yeah. And yeah, there's, there's trees everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so that was the number one thing. And when you think about it, you go up to Mount Lofty and look down in the city. It's, it's like a forest with the odd building sticking out of yeah. it. We are a, a tree-lined uh, city. We are a very green city, aren't we, Dan? Yes. <laughs> and that is something to look after. And, yes. and, and, uh, and as environment minister, I want to see enhanced, I suppose. But, yeah, that was the biggest thing. And then the weather, of course. Yes, of course. Slightly different to... Average temp summer temperature in my hometown in Scotland is between 14 and 15 degrees wow. Celsius. Um, and that was a mild part of Scotland. Yeah. Of course, there were days that were a bit hotter than that, yeah. but there were days that were colder than that as well. So has being, like you're obviously aware of environmental things, has that kind of always been a bit of a passion for you and that's why you've gravitated towards this portfolio? Or like how, how do you come to represent the environment? It's, it's definitely always been a passion. Yeah. Like, it, growing up in in that rural community, spending a lot of time on my grandparents' farm, I was always outdoors, you know, playing in the forest and things like that. Yeah. Uh, and that has been, it shaped me, I yeah. guess. Uh, so dad has always been a real environmentalist, quite progressive uh, in nature when it comes to conservation. And he he handed that to yeah. me, I suppose. Yeah. So. so something that I've been fascinated with observing just kind of your career arc to date is that you know the liberals are probably not especially coffee delivery. yeah coffee delivery thank, thank you, you larry and lad extra hot which you asked for so That's don't blame me if it's burnt no i've never been burnt by an extra hot coffee Ex extra hot what's that about what's going on with you man because, because i'm scottish and if it's extra hot it lasts longer so i get more from my money <laughs> so it's just economical yeah yeah but so you, it creates an impression that i get more from my money because it lasts longer even though it tastes like People do say it. it tastes worse, but that's nonsense. <laughs> oh, do you do you wait before you drink it, or you drink it just you drink it when no, it's extra hot? Start at the you start when you get it. But I start you, when you, I get it, but I pace myself because I've got to. Where, it's like after and pay. you've never yeah. burnt your mouth. No, this is so the first what, time for what's everything. with your mouth? What's going on? <laughs> no, no, that's not normal. 
Mm, I don't know. It's actually <laughs> quite hot. It needs to be double <laughs> cupped, I think, <laughs> this one. <laughs> they don't mess around. Where did this come from? This is Larry, Larry and Lad. Lad. Where's that? Region Arcade. Okay, next door. Next door. They're yep. the best. Okay. CBD Coffee, Larry and Lad. Yep. We normally do a live ad read, but because our time is okay. tight, because we're time we'll probably, yeah, we're time poor, we'll <laughs> forgo the, the read. <laughs> we don't actually have any sponsorship from them, but we love them. Free coffee. But Although you got a free coffee. Yeah, you got a free coffee. That's anyway. So, Liberal Party, right? Yep. And you're from a family where you say your dad was quite progressive with mm. the environment. Now, in Australia, traditionally, you know, Bob Brown and the Greens have kind of flown the flag for the environment. Yep. I've always been interested at kind of, well, I'm not always. I mean, since you've kind of taken over the portfolio, I'm like, how does... And you, you seem genuinely interested in the environment. I it's am. It's not like a I typical am. liberal, like, yeah, yeah, we love the environment. Yeah, we're like, whatever. Like you're actually seem to be no, I'm into, into it. it. It's good. And so how? All right. So how do you? How does one reconcile your personal views? And I'm not saying that the Liberal Party are against the environment or anything, but they're just not necessarily known as being super yeah, pro stewards of our environment. Stewards, exactly. exactly. I like that word. I use that word a it's lot. A, oh, it's a great, it's I biblical. see myself as it's a, a steward, and it is a biblical it's a word. Great term. Yes. Great yes. term. So how do you see yourself as being the the steward. The chief steward. The chief steward of South Australia environment and water for yes. the next four years. Well, well, we, don't we, get carried away. I might get sacked for being nah, hopeless. Get out of here. You, you, so. You're too young. But it's, yeah. it's too good. That, that marketing is, is too good. Anyway, tell us. So I think it's a, it's a misrepresentation to think that the Liberal Party doesn't care for the environment. But yeah. I do acknowledge that that seems to be, seems to be something that is ingrained in society. Yeah. Um, and this is something that... Um, you know, the right wing of the Labour Party is also called out as being environmental vandals, potentially yeah. more so than the Liberal Party. After all, they were the ones that tried to force an international nuclear waste, nuclear dump, waste dump on our state, right. which the Liberal Party pulled the, the rug out from under and, yeah. and finished off because that was a, a bad idea. Uh, but uh, look, I think if you do look at stewardship and, and empowering communities and handing uh, over responsibility to communities um, for for their own actions. Caring for the environment is really important. Mm. We have a, a strong rural constituency in the Liberal Party. Lots of people in the country vote for the Liberal Party. Yeah. Those people understand the environment. They need the environment to sustain their livelihoods. If mm. you trash the environment when you're a farmer, you ain't got any farm left to make a living for you or your kids. Facts. Fact. Facts. So I actually think there are many more conservative people who want to preserve the mm. environment. And, uh, and I, I think it is, it's definitely um, a furphy that the, the, the liberals hate the environment. Yeah. Uh, look, there are different groups and different political parties and uh, some of the Labour Party aren't great in the environment. I'm sure there are some of my colleagues it's not a particular passion for either. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not part of a party at state level uh, which is into dominating mm. and raping and pillaging our natural environment. Yeah. We're actually about empowering communities, partnering with local government and NGOs and individuals and land managers to look after our yeah. environment. Which is, And some of the policies that I think you may have presented in the election run-up of things like opening up reservoirs to, and stuff yep. to be able to use and the big kind of the bringing together of the national park down south and yes. stuff. Like really tangible things yep. which like I don't think you'd find many people who would be against those things. Like they're actually really common yep. sense, really good policies. Yep. We took a really thorough environmental platform to the state yep. election in March. Yep. Uh, 
I loved being one of the reasons I loved being the shadow environment minister was that the environment minister was so hopeless. Like he <laughs> he took no policies of any substance, and I just had this free run of putting out ideas yeah. and getting um, energy and momentum behind them. So. We pledge to massively increase the money we spend in coast protection in this state. Mm. Coast protection is a practical um, frontline defense against climate change and rising sea levels. We've got to look after our coastline in a, in a really significant way. Mm. And so we've made a very practical commitment to ex increase expenditure. The creation of Glenthorne National Park in the southern suburbs, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to, to create a new national park that runs from Happy Valley through the reservoir, through what's known as Glenthorne Farm down there, and then ending up at Hallett Cove Beach, 1,500 hectares of open space brought to life for our, our environment and also for communities yeah. to enjoy. We, we're about practical environmentalism in the Liberal Party ideology and symbolism and gesture politics, all that nonsense, you know. I, the, I made a speech about, about something to do with water and the shadow environment minister castigated me on Twitter to her 14 followers <laughs> that, um, that I didn't mention the word environment in the speech. Now, that's gesture politics, yeah. you know, mentioning climate change, mentioning environment. Yeah having the particular hashtags right and, you know, putting them together while sipping your almond milk latte. <laughs> Sorry, but let's actually be practical, roll up our yeah. sleeves and look after our state's environment because it, if we get our environment right, the rest of the economy flows well, whether that's agricultural production or tourism or just quality of life in this state. It's a very, very pragmatic and sensible way of looking at it, which... From what I've read, again, of kind of the way you do things is quite practical. One of the things which I've seen you do quite a bit of is door knocking, which I love the idea of, you know, getting in touch with your constituents, with the people who you are, you know, you effectively answer to. Um, what do you think, like tying that into like where we're kind of at with politics as a society kind of at the moment, where there seems to be a bit of a disparity between... The general populace and a lot of politicians who just seem to be, as you say, they're pretty happy to just throw out phrases and statements and, you know, while they're sipping on their lattes and whatever, their extra hot lattes. But there's like, there's a disconnect between politicians and the people, which is obviously... Definitely, particularly at federal level. Yeah, and, and around the world, you know, yes. we've seen a, a big movement in Brexit with Trump, a lot of this kind of stuff against, you know, the establishment, quote unquote. Um... You've obviously seen that you, well, you're obviously doing things to kind of bridge that gap and to try and increase your presence with your constituents. But where, like, what's your thinking behind how best to interact with people and kind of your take on just the political sphere and politics as a whole at the moment? Look, I think it's fair to say the political sphere is troubled across the world, certainly in the Western world. Yeah. Uh, people are disconnected from politics. We see short-term populism rise up. We saw that in South Australia with Xenophon coming. Yeah. Uh, massive surge in support for him, which ultimately collapsed yeah. in the two weeks leading into the election. I would say when he released that stupid TV ad, I yeah. think that killed him. Do you reckon that's what I it was? I do, because having connected with my electorate... Um, the sort of people who were supporting Xenophon, and I, I believe our research backed this up, were, were quite um, serious older people, and that ad did not appeal to them no, at all. No. And so when it came to when it came to Xenophon, they bit of an understatement. They um, 
they were quite happy to see him holding the balance of power and keeping the bastards honest. But suddenly this guy had the opportunity to hold the balance of power uh, full stop in yeah. the lower house of the South Australian Parliament, which looked a certainty for mm. several months leading into the election and looked a certainty until... I think, in my mind, election night, in fact. Yeah. And uh, and that, that really receded very quickly because people woke up to that. Yeah. But I do think there is a, a real sense that people are disconnected from politics in, in this country. I, I blame Kevin Rudd, yeah. Kevin 07. Um, that, ho- that began a, a great decline yeah. in the quality of Australian politics. Yeah. Uh, Kevin came in on this great surge of enthusiasm, uh, failed to meet those expectations dramatically. Yeah. And uh, and then we slipped into this period of Rudd, Gillard, Rudd, Abbott, Turnbull, you know, five prime ministers in five years or something like that. Yeah. And that ha- not only made us an international laughing stock, but it seriously undermined the everyday Australians' uh, commitment and belief in, in politics and leadership. Uh, and the idea that leadership should be and leadership takes a hundred different forms, but that leadership could and should be respected. There used to be no question mm. that you would respect your prime minister, yeah. even if he or she was opposite in terms of political uh, allegiance from, from yourself. But that's not... I don't feel a lot of people necessarily respect the, the position yeah. uh, anymore. And, uh, and so it, that has led to a great undermining of, of politics in Australia. Yeah. And you, so when you're kind of campaigning in your own capacity, you you generate the respect by just meeting people and forming relationships and, and it's building all, community. It's all about relationships. Yeah. So I um, feel a, a great connection with my electorate, yeah. and and that I'm only a minister because I was elected to represent a local electorate too, yeah. and that elevated me into parliament and from there I became a shadow minister and a minister mm. uh, but I have to serve that electorate first and foremost mm. and uh, the way I do it is um, is through connect connections with individuals and groups in the community yeah. and you can turn up to things like meals and wheels or the school governing council or the surf club presentation night and things like that but I think the most effective way is actually to get into streets yeah um, put a backpack on with some leaflets about yourself and and just walk around and knock on doors. Yeah. And so I probably door knocked since 2012 when I was pre-selected as a candidate for the Liberal Party, probably door knocked on around about 8,000, maybe closer to 9,000 houses. Wow. Uh, my electorate had a big boundary change at the last election, so I lost 40% of my electorate and had a very unfavorable change politically but i went on to have the biggest swing to a liberal candidate in the state uh, on the 17th of march and i strongly believe that that was because i'd fronted up on people's doorsteps the number of people who say to me i've never been door knocked by a politician or a candidate before is is huge most people say that anyone that i engage in a detailed conversation with would say that and if you've got a few policies that are connected to that local community in my case glenthorne national park which we talked about earlier is around my electorate sort of spans a couple of electorates but it's it it would impact the lives of the people that i represent in a positive way again our coast protection policies affect affect my community and you rock up you knock on doors you look people in the eye and they respect you and if they're a swinging voter and you do as much as turn up you've you've got unless you really offend them you've got their vote yes so does that approach like is that was that like a strategic deliberate 
kind of you know marketing approach or it just kind of stems from who you are as a person and it's probably a bit of both yeah. like it's the way i want to do the job yeah. in a thorough way um but i know it works yeah and and it feeds into to who i am and who i want to present myself as so yeah. to uh it's hard work it is hard work and i i can't say i don't love it you yeah. know i don't love spending my saturday afternoons in summer Traipsing around Trot Park, yeah. you know, or yeah. Hallett Cove or Shadow Park or Halloran Hill, those key suburbs in my electorate down south. You know, I, there's things I'd rather be doing. But I do know, once I get out, it's like going to the gym. Yeah. You know, you sit at home and you might just want to watch Netflix. When you get to the gym, it actually goes quite well and That's you're it. happy you did it you're afterwards. It afterwards. It's, it's, it's exactly the same yeah. with door knocking. If I've knocked off a street and I get back to the office and I highlight that street yeah. on my um, on my map because yeah. I like to do that and yeah. I don't do it till every house is done in the street, I um, <laughs> sometimes I skip houses occasionally particularly if i know the people because no point door knocking and someone i already know absolutely uh, but if i've if i've door knocked a whole street uh mark out the map with a highlighter yeah. and i'm happy yeah you know but on a saturday afternoon in, the, in summer you know i'd rather be out in my paddle board or down the beach or at the surf club what's the response from inside the liberal party or inside just politics in general from that kind of approach because i imagine it's pretty like pretty unique i don't see too many. i think i think my thoroughness is probably quite unique but in the last election i believe the liberal party won government because we took that sort of approach yeah. and and did go um down to the, the grassroots level yeah. you know there's a lot of talk about new technologies and facebook and social media and targeted mail and things yeah. like that and that all works but it's the it's the fronting up and speaking to people yeah. and i think the candidates who won and helped us form government and equally i think the candidates who lost or the labor candidates and mps who held on probably were the ones that did that sort of approach well yeah it's it's seen as quite an old-fashioned approach but actually it's it's what people want it's come full circle it's new it school. has it has a new school i've not heard that before but that's good <laughs> are you kind of seen as a bit of like a like how do, how do people understand you within politics being i think young they think stuff? i'm quite quirky you're a bit of a mad dog yeah i think so like <laughs> i i think no i wouldn't go as far as saying a mad dog but i think people think oh that's david spears you know he's he's, no, he's a bit young, different he's he, a bit he different he drinks really hot drinks yeah, and he doesn't burn his mouth he's so quirky with his, with his hot, <laughs> no. hot latte <laughs> Uh, no, I think I am. I am a little bit different. I don't really conform to the stereotypes. I think that might unnerve some of my colleagues yeah. a little bit. But I think it gives me a bit more scope to be real and get things done. And uh, look, it's, I'm a minister, so I can't be too kind of annoyed. Too many dog. people. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, like, do you, does does the difference thing and whatever does that like? Where does that come from? Like, is that a Scottish thing? It's like, my Scottish accent. That's the biggest differentiation. Yeah, yeah. And that helps in the electorate because yeah. people remember me. They go, the, oh. the poor Labour bloke who ran against me at the last election. Nice dude. Most boring man in the world. <laughs> and if you were, if you were to... If you were to create a checklist of what a standard politician would look like, It'd the guy who guy. was... He, that was him. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, on election night, I sort of... I thought... You know, we were all jubilant down the surf club, and my my mind uh, after that an eight eight point two percent primary swing or something like that. And I remember thinking, I wonder what that that bloke's thinking tonight. Um, and uh, and and he was just he was never going to resonate. It was yeah. never going to captivate people's um, imaginations yeah. in the electorate. Now, am I saying I'm I do everything right? No, and I'm quite happy to disagree with people in the electorate, but. I'm not your cardboard cut-out politician mm. in a grey suit with grey hair and grey skin. Yeah. 
Do you think that people, when they vote for you in your electorate, is it more a vote for you rather than the Liberal Party, rather than even the policies, maybe? I reckon I would have a bit of a personal vote. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the party, um, at the last election, there was a vote for change. Yeah. Um, uh, and if there was a candidate working hard that was part of that change, that yeah. all the better. Yeah. Yeah. So, look, I wouldn't say it's all me by any means, but um, I, I, I would... Every every politician who's a sitting candidate often has a personal vote. It just depends how big that is, and yep. I, there's no doubt people say to me, "I don't normally vote for the Liberal Party, but I'm voting for you, David." Yeah. And I get that quite a lot. Um, do you think that the federal Liberal Party at the moment have a bit of an issue with leadership, with consistency, with what their identity is, kind of as a party? Look, I think the federal Liberal Party is doing a lot better mm. in in recent months than yeah. it has been. Yeah. I think people are the closer we get to a federal election, people are starting to think: do we do we really want Bill Shorten to be our prime minister? Mm. Um, they often say that government governments lose elections yeah. as opposed to oppositions winning them. I'm yeah. I'm not sure Bill Shorten's ready to lead the opposition to a win. Yeah. Um, it remains to be answered whether the the federal coalition will. Um, will have a victory because of the sort of government they are. But look, our economy is in pretty good shape. There's been good growth nationally. Uh, I think Malcolm Turnbull is a man with huge credentials. If you look at his business and legal career, uh, he's a man with a lot of runs on the board, and he's the sort of person who we should want to have as our prime minister. Mm. I've met Malcolm on a number of occasions, and he is he is someone who's an, a very impressive individual. And I think when you compare the, the federal government with the alternative um, and, and really match them up, look, the coalition government is, is a better better option mm. uh, at the moment and I like to think of myself I may be a liberal but I, I try to be pretty fair about these yeah. things um, I, I I don't think the sort of class warfare that Bill Shorten is, is pushing at the moment is going to resonate with your aspirational uh, Australian in, in an electorate like mine who mm. wants to get ahead who might have a small business who wants a good future for their kids mm. with, with lower cost of living and it uh, taxation that they can pay. I'm not sure federal labour are offering uh, a model which is particularly attractive on that front. Yep. As far as global politics and kind of where we're at, as you say, like in the West, do you think that? I mean, we mentioned Nick Xenophon and the kind of rise of uh, the like the, the rise of populism. Do you think that we're going to receive more of that kind of push towards independence, towards one nation, towards kind of? Or are we kind of a bit immune over here in Australia in the same way that, well, yeah, yeah in, in different ways to how it's hit Great Britain and the US? Look, I'm, I'm not sure we're immune. It certainly bubbles up from time to time and has done for quite a while. You know, yeah. Pauline Hanson came to the fore in the 1996 federal election. Her mm. biggest result was in the 98 Queensland election. So this has been around for 20 years or longer in one form or another. Um, the Xenophon thing was a more recent phenomenon. But we had the Democrats here as well who mm. were probably relatively populist, although not quite in the mode that we've, we've seen mm. in more recent times. Um, it's 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 a risk, and if the mainstream parties aren't offering a level of uh, inspiration and, and leadership, people will gravitate to uh, those mavericks on the on the far left and far right. Yeah. And, uh, it's definitely a risk here. Uh, I think 
time and time again, though, the two-party system does work. It's far from perfect, but it creates that stability where you can look after your sh social, environmental, and economic platforms of, of society. Mm. And, uh, and those two parties can actually usually agree on the fundamentals which drive things forward, mm. um, you know, it's said often, but in in the votes in Parliament, most of most of the votes just are waved through because most people agree with most things. Yeah. Uh, but look, I think um, the major parties really need to just ensure that their house is in order because those those populist movements they they don't work. They lead to to things like Brexit. They lead to the election of Donald Trump, who is a populist within a mainstream party, which is quite um, quite an interesting yeah. uh, thing to unfold. Yeah. So we've got some friends who, um, they run a, a newspaper in in the CBD called City Mag, right? And as part of kind of what they've been doing lately, I think it was in the lead up to the election, they were, they were thinking about, uh, they've got this kind of wing called City Standard, where they kind of crowdsource ideas from within the people who donate to them and kind of do projects kind of one at a time. And they came up with this idea called the Democracy Project where they were like, basically we've got so much statistical analysis of sports and kind of, you know, heaps of other areas and not a whole lot in politics as far as tracking governments, right? I, I mean, there yeah. are you know, bits and pieces, but nothing like super targeted. Yes. And so they'd kind of figured that after, you know, 16 years of labour with a new incoming Liberal government, it might be fun to kind of try and work out some sort of framework or system to be able to really track statistically how the government had gone and kind of give them regular scores and whatever in a kind of non-partisan kind of, yeah, format, right? And they, I think they'd they crowdfunded for about a month or so and it finished last week and they didn't get kind of, they didn't really get close, but I know that a lot of good ideas came through it. What do you think of the idea of something like that, of, of, of a dedicated system of statistical analysis of politics? To, to measure whether a government's a good government? Yeah. Look, that's uh, the best measure of that is what people think on election day, I, I guess, you know. But governments have to undergo the ultimate uh, performance management yeah. uh, once every four years is that often enough some people I think four years is probably a, a pretty good time yeah I, it, that that's an interesting an interesting proposal I did see a little bit about that and, yeah. and I think they were talking about analyzing the fulfillment of election promises and economic growth yeah. social activity um, you know environmental outcomes and things like that and, yeah you know that that interests me um, and my my job is just to try and do a good job yeah. uh, as the state's environment minister and as a as a local member, and I, I don't know if something like that would make me change my tact in any way. Yeah. Um, uh, it's it probably feels a little bit academic to me. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, most people who enter politics do so for the right reasons. Mm. I think across the board, uh, and uh, there probably needs to be a little bit more trust, and maybe maybe it's the politicians fault that there isn't trust but we've got a new government in our state after 16 years we are so committed to keeping our election promises and some will be harder to fulfill than others and some will take longer than others to fulfill mm. but we are so committed the pre from the premier down uh, within the cabinet to getting these election promises done we we don't want to be the sort of government that breaks our promises mm. we want to be a government that has a bit of authenticity and, and a deep sense of integrity and um, is uh, humble and a accountable now those are lofty ambitions mm. uh, and they may not be characteristics you um 
you would associate with politics and politicians, but the Premier is a great guy. Mm. Uh, he's there for the right reasons and he wants to try and make our state a better place. And it's good, to, you know, I sound like I'm gushing about this, <laughs> but... but it's good to be part of a team. Yeah. A no, change after 16 years. Yeah. You know, that's a big thing for the state. And I sense a bit of optimism. People yeah. are willing to say, let's give give these lot a, a, a shot. They certainly don't want to hear from the carping opposition after 16 years. You know, they, they don't have a lot to complain about. Yeah. Um, and definitely the feedback I get about them is they need to shut up for a while, go away, work out what they're about, and then come and back then come with back. an alternative yeah. set of policies and, yeah. and directions. Um, the idea that they would come out and whinge every time we announce something is, is quite ridiculous Bit after 16 years. Yeah. yeah. But... It's quite interesting when it comes to election promises and the fulfillment of those, ha the level of demands in the community. I made a range of election promises around my local electorate. Many of our candidates and MPs did. And, and people are now coming to me and saying, well, you're not going to do that, are you? You haven't opened this railway crossing yet, or uh, you haven't done your national park, or you haven't um, upgraded a school parking zone. And I'm like, well, these things take time. <laughs> yeah. But the default position in the community, sadly, uh, and again, political cynicism is at play here, yeah. uh, is that we will break our promises. Yeah. Now, the um, the Pine Avenue railway crossing at Seacliff, which was a, a, a railway crossing that we promised to open in my electorate, I'm hassled all the time by people saying, when will you open that? You won the election. You said you'd open it. It'll take a year, maybe yeah. more. Yeah. It's a, it needs planning. It needs infrastructure in place. And it needs to go on a list because, no offense to the good folks of Seacliff, but their railway crossing is not the first the priority, priority for the state. Yeah. It's well down the list. Sorry, yeah. Seacliff. Yeah. I love you. You <laughs> voted for me. But your railway crossing is a low priority. Yeah. We will do it. Yeah. But we're not going to do it the Sunday after the election. You know, we went rolling out the engineers on the 18th of March to, <laughs> to get that to happen. But that level of expectation has been, been quite a shock for me because I've spent four years in opposition when I couldn't do stuff. Now I can. And people are almost saying, well, you've broken your election promise. Well, no, I haven't. Come and on. I've got this messenger journalist. So, look, I don't think there's much future for the messenger, thank goodness. But uh, <laughs> but I've got this messenger journalist who's now on her third story about my my little pedestrian railway crossing. So 16 weeks in, so creating this feeling that I've broken the promise. In fact, Three we should articles. be celebrating the fact that I made this announcement. But no. They're trying to undermine and say, we're not, you're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. Uh, we are going to do it, but we're not going to do it tomorrow. Do you, like, can you write a response piece when it does get done? Uh, she, the, she, the, messenger? She, the messenger journalist, get, um, I treat the messenger with pretty short shrift, to be honest, um, uh, because I do see a terminal decline uh, <laughs> in that sort of publication. Uh, however, um, you know, I, I, I gave the... the the quote that I gave them was very blunt. It was, quite simply, Labour clo closed this crossing, the Liberals will open it. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah. Journalist. Full stop. <laughs> you want my comment? Here's my comment. Um, all right. We'd like to do a bit of a speed round. Is that okay if we throw a few speed questions at you? Yeah. Which yeah. are basically just talking points, but Great. they're targeted. Um, all right. We start everyone with breakfast, lunch, dinner, coffee, bar. Favourite spots in Adelaide? Favourite spots for, for coffee, bar, alcohol, if you drink alcohol, and favourite spots for breakfast, lunch, dinner? Okay, I Just can do that. Just off the dome. Oh, okay, breakfast, cream, Jetty Road, Brighton. Great spot. Very close Big to my Wu -Tang house. Big Wu-Tang fans. I have spent too much money there today already, yeah. uh, but uh, it's a good place. Yeah. Very, very good place. Yeah. Um, so that's probably favourite 
place for, for breakfast and lunch, potentially. Yeah. Swap over with the cellar door, which is also in Jelly Road, Brighton. Uh, quite a healthy, um, organic sort of place, which I like. So mm. both in Jetty Road. Jetty Road, Brighton, often forgotten a little bit. Yeah. Uh, poorer cousin to Jetty Road, Glenelg, <laughs> but far, far better. So <laughs> big, big shout out to Jetty Road, Brighton. Yeah, uh, Road. Dinner, dinner. Um, oh. <laughs> I'm trying to think. It's not on Jetty Road, Brighton, because uh, Cream has shut by about <laughs> three o'clock, which very Adelaide thing. I'm yeah, like, stay open, yeah. stay open until I get back from work. Um, look, I quite like good food, um, so <laughs> like nice food. There's <laughs> a place Blackwood on Rundle yeah. Rundle Street, yeah. very good. Uses a lot of um, uh, Australian, Australian uh, products yeah. and yeah. seeds and flavors and stuff like that. I really like it. Blackwood's yeah. very good. What uh, bar? Spot for a pint. Um, well, I don't, don't, don't drink many pints. But uh, <laughs> uh, Mother Vine. Oh, yeah. Mother Vine for a nice uh, vino. Yeah, yeah. Mother Vine's good. Nice bar, nice atmosphere, and you get these free boxes of matches. Uh, if you go there with Mother Vine written on yeah. them, and like you know, it's I like nice I like free it? stuff, and it's quirky, and and that's something different. And yeah. so I always get a little box of free matches, or oh, two, shove them in my Just pocket, like thinking that I I um I've gotten something free. So that's my Scottishness coming out. Yeah. So no, that's yeah. good. Sorry, this isn't a speed round. No, I'm that's sorry. Sp- that's that's slow speedy. Um, what was the other thing? Speedier than speedier most. than most. Mm. No, that's a, and coffee, oh, coffee cream, cream. same. Yeah. Yep. Um. Case, welcome yes. to the conversation, Daniel. Yeah, I'm joining. <laughs> I don't know anything about politics, so I just sit here and nod, by the way. Well, hopefully this hasn't just been about politics, though, and has shown that politics matters to everyone and is quite accessible. Yeah, that Dan. was a very political answer. Yeah, very diplomatic. Uh, all right, run us through your everyday routine as a politician. Every you, we've established that you're hitting cream in the morning. Usually, yeah. yeah. So I get up quite early. Yeah. We I get up quite early, uh, about five thirty. Five thirty. Yep. Twenty minutes or thereabouts, and uh, usually do a bit of paperwork, files. You get so many files when you're a minister. You've got to sign off this, sign off that. So so professional files, not yeah. personal files. No, not you're personal. Not just like paying your council rates, no, and your water well, bill. I have to fit those <laughs> in. I had to cancel an insurance policy today, and I oh, did it oh. after the deadline, and they charged me an extra month's payment. So, so devastated. Do you know who you're talking to? Yeah. Do you pull rank? No, no, I don't. Why I not? don't. Surely there's a perk that you can throw down. No, no, oh, no, right. Right. Me insurance company. Do this you know who I am? Well, I actually I'm had the a chat. Yeah, I Wikipedia has. I had this chat on um, uh, with the insurance person, and they were in South Africa, so they didn't oh, know. You can't uh, grill them. Yeah, the UE call center is in South Africa, so. Um, but they were nice, very friendly people, yeah. and they they gave me a. Partial reimbursement. Anyway, That's so common. I do, so I do occasionally do life work as well. Yes. But so I do ministerial files. There's ministerial files every single day to be yeah. to be dealt with. Wow. Um, then I um, I write birthday cards because I send birthday cards to everyone in my electorate who turns 18, 21, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 75, 80, 85, 90, 100, and 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6 is the highest. Yo, yo. Yo. Uh, all right. If 
if there's one thing that you need to cut from your day <laughs> no, to no, make it better, no, I'm the opposite. It is incredibly effective. No, I'm Oi, the opposite. I, I love it. No, that's awesome. I love it. So every day, my office will get at least one phone call from someone who got a birthday Just card. Like, Thanks. I get tagged on Instagram and Facebook all the time with the birthday card because the they're handwritten. You are the people's You're the people's because I handwrite the rock. Them. And yeah. you remember when someone turns 21 or 18 or one of those older ages, they also get something from their federal MP, which is computer generated. Oh. So they're getting something from me and handwritten, written. and someone from the federal MP. Federal MP on your 21st. Yeah, I'd where if they're, if they're half that. decent, they would. Yeah, even I, if I've it is. never gotten anything from Which anyone. electorate do you live in? And I had Alexander Downer. Uh, he was way know. too busy. Where now do I'm going to be. What electorate? electorate Parafield Gardens. Salisbury? Up north. Mm, yeah, I'm not going to make there. a call on where state that is. I don't know that area. But anyway, you're not getting the sort of service that you need. No, I'm not. I can send you. I can. I can send you one. I can make exceptions. Right. You just yeah. miss. His, you miss. You, you miss my thirtieths. Oh, sorry. Can you backdate them, please? Yeah, yeah, backdate. yeah. Sharky didn't give me nothing. Very disappointing. And very. she's coming up to a by-election very you know soon. What? Downer. I'm voting for Downer. Yeah, because, she, well, <laughs> because did you, I didn't yeah. get a 30th birthday. Well, I said, so anyway, after I do my files, I do, I do a chunk of birthday cards while eating breakfast. Yep. And usually listen to 891 during that time to make sure there's nothing unfolding that's going <laughs> to cause trash my, talking gonna trash my day, yeah. um, which I had to go on there this morning to talk about waste management and single-use plastic bags. Um, then usually <laughs> end up in the city. Yep. Uh, at my ministerial office or my parliamentary office, yep. um, uh, if it's if it's Monday through to Thursday, uh, and then on sometimes on Thursday and Friday, uh, I'll go into my electorate office uh, as well. So I've got my ministerial office in the city and my electorate mm-hmm. office down in down in Brighton. Down south. Um, and then um, yeah, work can be. Is a series of meetings and events and speeches and if Parliament's sitting, question time and, and things like that. Yeah. And uh, it's very diverse. My days are incredibly diverse. Different people, different groups, different Just organizations. Babies, shaking hands. Yeah, speeches about stuff, usually environmental stuff. Up, breaking ground. Occasionally. <laughs> high vis vase. A lot of high vis. I've only done that once since I became a minister up at Hope Valley Reservoir. Hope so Valley Reservoir. Which Valley. I'm opening That's up. Hood. Yeah. That's yeah, the hood. Opening that up. That's you'll the be, hood. Uh, hopefully in the next year or so, you'll be able to walk around there. and. Are you opening it up? I'm opening up all the reservoirs. I like that. Uh, well, all the near Open ones. Open this place up. <laughs> Can you fish in there? Yeah, we'll, it'll be different things in different <laughs> reservoirs, but absolutely, we'll be stocking them with fish so that you can you can take your grandkids fishing uh, wow. and uh, kayaking, paddleboarding, those sort of things. Any, got any hot tips on yabby spots? Ooh. Not yet. Not. Uh, can you find out some for me? I don't preferably know. Preferably in my area. Yeah, preferably down in the north of the city. The, the mighty plains. All right. Hot. Mm. Speed and then round. I often go to the gym in the evening, so that's a pretty oh. important routine. Yeah, keeping fit, getting um, yeah, it um, staying sharp mentally. Yeah, and yeah, physically. no, it works. Yes. It oh, works. Yeah, yeah so I'd you are in shape. Thank you for a thirty-three year old. I try to be still looking good. Try to be. So uh, <laughs> try try to be. I, I look at some of my colleagues and think that's what I don't want to be like. Yeah. So mm. that inspires me to go to the gym. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, speed round. <laughs> Best decision you've ever made. Worst decision you've ever made and advice that you would give to your 20-year-old self? Oh, oh this Drop is it. hard. Best decision I ever made was to stay in Australia because yes. I really had the option of going back when I was 18. Oh. Um, 
and gave that serious consideration because I wasn't very happy and you know it was it was hard left all my friends yeah. etc so that was the August 20 uh, 2003 I made a very conscious decision because I went back to Scotland for a holiday thought do I want to stay here do I want to go back to Australia I'm like now nah, I want to go back so that was the best decision ever because life man. has been good here yeah very good worst decision I ever make oh that could be quite personal well I mean mm. look you're amongst friends it's only our parents that listen to this Legit. So it's basically no family And the Labour Party are probably trolling it Looking for, for whatever um, scandalous Just thing They might tweet, uh, tweet about Don't worry about it You can be as personal irrelevant. or as non-personal as I'm you like I'm trying to think You know that's always a, que- a question that You know in interviews they ask you to say What your, your um, weaknesses are And things like that It's always challenging to come up with something like, that doesn't I have make no weaknesses no, well, no but you don't <laughs> want to sound weaknesses I you, work too you, hard you, Yes exactly <laughs> Exactly That's the sort of thing Humility, You don't, want to, sound, you don't want to sound like the wanker that says that Who's playing down it yeah, no. um, uh, Look I think uh, Biggest mistake I ever made Was to get married to someone Who it didn't work out with That is tough Very tough Toughest thing ever Wow. Sorry to hear that, my friend. Yeah, yeah. here's a bit of confessional, but yeah. it's true. That's. R- I mean, you can choose to elaborate or not elaborate oh, look, any uh, more on that. No, but it's, the worst, it's the worst thing that could ever happen to anyone, yeah. I think, by far. And that, that made me question whether I should be in politics, whether I should um, stay in South Australia. You know, I seriously considered resigning before the last election, not continuing because, because of that. Because of that. Uh, and the the huge range that that occur, uh, created in my life. And uh, and so no doubt that that was the biggest uh, mistake of my life. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, you know, maybe I was a bit immature at the time, didn't actually know what I was doing. Yeah. Um, I wasn't heaps young when I got married, but no. maybe I needed, needed a few more years. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you for being so honest. Yes, well, I was honest. Oh, yeah, some friendship walls were breaking down just there. Yeah, that this is it. You're in a circle of trust right well, now. Yeah, the Labour Party can't criticise that, can they? Tom Coots and Tonis can't really tweet about it. Don't not. worry. No. If, if he does, we'll come after Listen. Because yeah. that's, that's vulnerability and honesty at exactly. its finest. We're bonded for I life now I don't think he does vulnerability. See, this is, this, is, this is what you get when you have a young 33-year-old in politics. You know, Someone who's willing to be open with the people. <laughs> Thank you, you for know? that analysis. <laughs> so, I, I suppose that carries on into advice you'd give your 20 year old self as well or advice you know i i think i should maybe have traveled a bit more um and moved that's hard you know i went into politics young 25 on council 26 deputy mayor pre-selected at 27 uh, that sort of um that sort of th- I went in very young now that has been a huge benefit in some ways mm. but other times i think you know should I have gotten a bit more life experience, done a, um, done a bit more in my professional career? I would, uh, look, I've got another career after politics, I was say, no you've doubt. Got, you've got plenty of time. Well, exactly, and I'm not going to be. Uh, look, there are some people in par- some members of parliament, one in particular, someone <laughs> I've got a lot of respect for, Rob Lucas, but he was elected to parliament three years before I was born. Wow. And he's still there. Now, I love Rob Lucas. He's yeah. a great treasurer for our state, someone I look up to, but I'm not going to be there for 36 years. No. Um, 
because there is there is another season. Yep. This is but a season, Ooh, and uh, there's like there's a little bit of deepness. A bit uh, of stewardship. <laughs> it's wisdom. Being a steward of the season. I wonder how many people who are listening to this think I'm such a wanker for saying that sort it's, of stuff. It's seriously only our parents. Like, so don't okay. worry about it. It's like, like and, the and the Labour Party. <laughs> party and my chief of staff, who will be like, what has he just said? Oi. We had Weatherall and... Um, the old health minister, Jack Snelling, Snelling, both promised to do this and not do it. They didn't follow through. And look what happened to them. Exactly. Yeah. Look what happened yep. to There's them. There's a trend here. Jack Snelling, no longer a member not of Parliament. Not even around. And I don't think they said and birthday cards. Jay, Jay Weatherall broke his leg in some national park. He sure park. did. Yeah. So that's, that's straight up from Could not appearing here. Yeah. Could yeah. you almost say he deserves No, we wouldn't say that. But under the Weatherall government, they reduced the number of park rangers from 300 to 93. Now, if there were more park rangers in that national park where he broke his leg, might have been able to get him out quicker. How's that for irony? That's a hot take. Significant irony. Wow. Now, get well soon, Jay. Uh, get well, yeah, love you. Still open to have you on the podcast, Jay. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll Absolutely. chat about Absolutely. This leg. couch is very comfortable, <laughs> is Jay. And there's a place to put your crutches. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, I think we're getting the wind up. So. Well, hot takes, hot takes, hot takes. All right, quick hot take. Luke Ritchie, All you say yay is or nay. yay or nay. <laughs> How many people on this podcast will know Luke Ritchie? That I don't matter. know who Luke Ritchie he's, is. He's a good dude. All right. School teacher, principal. So, yay can, or nay? Yay or nay. Yay. Big yay. All right. All right. Lifeguard, surf life saving, budgie smugglers, yay or nay? Nay. Braveheart, yay or nay? Yay. Celtic or Rangers, yay or nay? <laughs> Probably Rangers. Ooh. Oh. I don't know about that. Why? Well, we've oh. had a few good Australians play for Celtic. Celtic's Tommy Rogic. Tommy Rogic. Celtic's much better these days. Yeah, that's true. You know, Scottish football league is hopeless, soccer league, because my whole life, only two teams have won. Yeah. Celtic, Celtic Rangers. Rangers, my whole life. I had a mate who played for Queen? Queen but of the South? Or oh, wait, no. Hibernian? I don't know, his name's Ryan Hearts? McGowan. Who, Queens? Uh, There's I a team called this. Queen of the South. Yeah. Queen's Heart. Oh, yeah, Hearts. Hearts, no, Hearts. Hearts. That's, you play for Hearts. That's one of the... There's yeah. two teams, Glasgow and Ra- uh, Celtic. Glasgow Celtic, Glasgow Rangers. Yeah. And, and Hearts, Hearts are the okay. Edinburgh team. Yeah. So you played for Hearts. You scored yeah. a goal in the final when they won. Yeah, yeah, they probably did. Because yeah, Rangers dropped out for a while because yeah. they went broke. They were like relegated to they the were. fourth division. Yeah, and had to, yeah. but they've climbed their way back up. They again have. They're an institution. They're, they they're are, the Juventus of I the would Scottish probably League. pick Rangers. Okay. Do you know, you su- really support is based on religious grounds. Yeah. So Protestants support Rangers and Catholics support, support Celtic. Celtic. My family are Protestant. Yeah. Simple so you as kind that. Of have to. Well, mm. I'm not into that nonsense, but, <laughs> but um, at the same time, you, you know, it's just to. sort of part of culture. Yeah. Uh, we have to wrap it. The, f- the, the, the fuzzer here. The, the, the fuzzer. The my advisor. My advisor. You're trying. I am yeah, enjoying this. Well, you you want to stay here all but night? But my advisors are trying to spoil the fun. They should are. we take this? Should we take this down to the restaurant? What was the restaurant you said? Black Black Blackwood. Very good restaurant. Very good. you want to come on here, you look really familiar. A regular spot. Yeah, you anyway. should. Oh, honestly, like if you want a, a mouthpiece to the I'll be destroyed the by the Labour Party when they find out about what I've said Wait, about Labor Jay Party. and Coots. Nah. Nice. Come on now. You t- nah, you're, nah, being very, you're being very gracious anyway. Yeah, I am. Um, anything that you want to plug, anything you want to drop as a the youngest of recent years, Parliament, <laughs> talks to the people. Yeah, I don't know. What do you want to... Is there anything you want to drop? Look, I want to encourage people to get around my new national park down yeah. south. Glenthorne yeah. National Park. That's going to be the legacy of the Marshall government from an environmental point of view. Yeah. It really is. Once in a lifetime opportunity to create a new national park 
in the city. Yeah. Um, throwing open the gates to that farm down there that's been locked up for decades, walking trails, cycling, the reservoir open up, camping, massive revegetation, potentially a huge adventure playground for kids. That place will be an incredible legacy. Yes. Mm. And so letting people know to, to follow that journey because that's going to be a good project and it's going to be the defining environmental project of this government. Love that. Oi, thank you so much for coming on. Honestly, yeah. come on more. I've got, well, so, yeah. I've got so many questions that I, that I want to <laughs> ask. We've, we've covered surface level, but let's we'll dig deep next time. I think he time. wants to, but I don't hey, think they want yeah, him no, to. Yeah, my advisor. Your advisor's are not. I went quite deep about DM, that marriage thing, though. Oi, no. no, that was good. No, that was great. You might have good. to cut that one. No, no, you no showed way. That was, that was good. That's vulnerable. You showed people who you are. That's great. Thank you. It's good. That's what resonates with the public. I hope my ex-wife listens to this. We'll make sure. We'll make sure. Do you want me to? We'll send it to her. There aren't too many MPs who would direct message and interview with a bunch of hacks from a barber shop and over Instagram. Over Instagram. <laughs> like you are a you're a legend. Again, my chief of staff doesn't like that sort no, of, of course they would. interaction. Nah. But, but that's why you're a mad dog. That's why you're a renegade. You're breaking all the rules. Dog, but uh, <laughs> no, it's good. And it's been good to to join your podcast today. We're mm. a, look, we're a small business you're, the Liberal Party, Liberal Party loves small business and we will be taking the handbrake off our economy yes. which will allow small business to thrive. Take that handbrake thrive. off. Take Ch- it off. Cuts, no, cuts and payroll thrive. tax, yeah. cuts and land tax, ESL coming down. We want small business to, to do well. David Spears, MP, thank you so much for coming thank through. Thank you. We're going to book you in again. We'll go through it's the official happening. channels, maybe. No, Dom. No, 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 I'm going to keep DMing you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah. slide into your DMs Direct right on a Friday me. night. Absolutely. Yeah. Do it. Love that. Advisors. We'll call the advisors. Get on board, Atai. Yeah. We'll give you a mic next time. <laughs> <laughs> you, love yeah. you could actually, actually interview him about his musical talent, but not about his jo- day job. Do you, not, no. do you not want to school with Atai? Advisors should be seen and not heard. Um, no. What? Heard and not seen. That's it. What is it? Advisors just—they're not. They're just in the background. Yeah, they should be they're neither people, seen though. nor they're heard. good people. Yeah. You know, I've, I don't. The previous Labour government had heaps of advisors. They like did. they were everywhere. Every mate of everyone was an advisor, and I've only got two plus my chief of staff. Yeah. Cut it right back. Lean, efficient ministerial office. Good advice from people like Mr. Ty like over Ty. there, and uh, and <laughs> that's how we'll run a better state. Excellent. Well, thank it. you for all that you're doing. Keep up the good work. Thank you. We're, we're going to do a part two. We will. He's going to be the, the KD to our Bill Simmons. Uh, this yeah, is going to be an ongoing thing. It's happening. We've also got a shirt for you on behalf of Slick Lobster. We did a collab with the Salvation Army. I actually think the Premier has one also. He yes. was presented with an official But he's probably on. never worn it. We nah. need to make sure he wears it. But this is, you know, use it as a gym shirt. Go for yeah. a run in it. Go hikes. You know, paddle boarding in it. Yeah, but... All proceeds to the uh, youth homelessness uh, program of the Salvation Army up north. They do great stuff. Sounds good. Hey, thanks so much for coming. Thank you. You're a mad dog. Have a good day. Thank you. They do.